rise and shine. Pour yourself a cup of coffee and tune in to Good Morning Aurora. News, weather, and really cool interviews. Monday through Friday from 8 to 9 a.m. We got a producer, we got a producer, we got a producer. Good morning, everybody. Good morning, Aurora. All right, Jeanette's planning part three. Good morning, Aurora. Good morning, Aurora. Good morning, Aurora. And and we are so excited to we announce are. that, yeah, we were a little bit late getting started today, but we are bringing you a new and improved Good Morning Aurora live experience. That's right, brand new, something definitely different, um, and something new going forward. So this is Jeanette's planning part three, y'all. Part three. Part it's three. like it's officially a series It's now. definitely It definitely <laughs> is. It's a series, it's a thing. And um, this is fun. This is a lot of fun. And it's a lot of fun talking to you guys. You are tuning in to the GAMS, the Great American Morning Show. I am your host, Curtis. And I have Jeanette. Hi. The star and namesake of Jeanette Splaining. Mm -hmm. And we got BTP. That's our producer, BT Pizzle. Brent the producer. That's right. BT we're, Pizzle. We're working on, we've got some working titles for his yeah. for his official title. Gotta work that name out. When I said that, you guys did not see the uh, disconcerting look on his face <laughs> at hearing BTP. All right. So we got a lot of news. A lot to stuff a lot of stuff to talk so about, you guys. Much news. So much, so much, so much. First things first, good morning to all of you. It is eight thirty seven AM. And it's Thursday, excuse me, Friday, the 26th of March. Welcome, wake up, get your coffee ready. First things first, where we at, Jeanette? I think the first thing we're talking about is how we're not, how maybe we're not going to be poisoned by lead anymore. And maybe, I like the maybe. maybe. Isn't that great, though? <laughs> like, hey, there's a chance that we won't be poisoned by lead in our drinking water anymore. Right, right. Now, all right, so... Uh, so the basic overall of this news, which has already been covered, I think, on this show this week, is that there is a bill moving through Springfield, mm -hmm. and it would pay for, uh, it, it creates an ongoing mechanism to pay for lead service line replacements uh, across the state of Illinois. Um, and your lead service line mm -hmm. is a this piece of pipe that goes from so like the cities uh, cities across the country have already replaced most of their their like lead that is anywhere in the whole network of pipes that brings water from wherever it pulls the water from to uh, your neighborhood right but the lead service line is this line that is on your property homeowner or renter and goes from the main pipe out on the street to into your house right, right. that is your lead service line um and they're not all lead the old ones are lead and because aurora is an older city it has an awful lot of them like twenty thousand of them still and the older part of town that you live in um, the more likely it is that you have one of these things. Mm -hmm. So even though there's not uh, lead in the rest of the system, and even though all of the water gets filtered before it gets to Aurora's water treatment plant, right. once it comes from the water treatment plant and goes out to your neighborhood and then into your house, it is moving through lead pipes. So um, it's just really expensive to replace all those and they have to go onto public property and all that. So the city of Aurora has long had a program or for a little while anyway, where it would like split the cost with homeowners mm -hmm. and you could take out a loan and all this, but that's still really expensive because it can cost like five, 10 grand to replace one of these things. And so then homeowners would be on the hook for this. Right. Um, this new legislation makes it basically mm -hmm. adds a small tax onto everybody's uh, water bill like across the state mm -hmm. um and then creates an ongoing fund to pay to get all of these replaced this is great it's social justice through infrastructure and that's why i'm so excited about i like it. that i like that yeah social justice through infrastructure because do you know who lives in really old neighborhoods poor people disproportionately it's poor people of color right. who right. cannot afford to like pay five or ten grand to get some pipe to their house right changed out so this this is great 
Of course, we have this is in the Labor and Something or Other Committee. Uh, right now, it's the Labor and Commerce Committee, and oh. it's known as HB 3739. Yes, so HB 3739, mm -hmm. the Labor and Commerce Committee. We have nobody from the Aurora area on Labor and Commerce, so uh, if we did, I would be like, hey, call this person right now, but we don't have that. Right. So, yeah. Uh, you can still call your local person and who is your representative in Springfield, right? Um, but but they don't have as much sway over that committee right, right. now. Luckily, lots of there are lots of Democrats from Chicago who are on that committee. And uh, aside from Aurora, Chicago is the other city that is most impacted by this because they have the oldest pipes. So I'm really really hopeful for this. Uh, I don't know if it'll get anywhere or right. if people will decide that they really don't want to pay in for everybody to not die of lead poisoning. Um, but I'm, I'm, I'm excited for it. Again, you guys, that's HB 3739, known as the Lead Service Line Replacement and Notification Act, winding its way through the legislative process. According to the Metropolitan Planning Council, a regional planning agency based in Chicago, the bill would create, quote, a feasible and equitable plan, funding, and timeline. For Illinois water utilities to identify and replace all lead service lines, the most effective way to eliminate toxic lead in drinking water. Yeah, because right. Quote. Yeah, so right now what happens is like if the city is working in your area and they've got to rip out and replace pipes anyway, right. they'll approach you and say like, "Hey, we're we'll rip out your lead service line, but you got out you got to pay, like, right. and then you have options." So, but that's very slow, and it depends on the pace of updating infrastructure throughout the area. Um, this would this would accelerate that timeline, make it free for residents who already live in, you know, disproportionately poor areas, which is amazing. That is amazing. One thing I want to add to this discussion is that in the meantime, if you live in an old neighborhood and you do not have a filter, like a water filter on your tap and you drink the tap water, you should probably have a water filter on there. Like, you can go to the Home Depot, you can buy yourself, like, a Brita filtery thingy. You don't have to drink tap water, or bottled water, right. because Aurora has amazing water, actually. Our treatment is great. It's just that last little bit where the water is moving through the lead pipe that if you, especially if you have young kids in the house, like babies and stuff, mm -hmm. it's always a good idea to just add a little extra filter right to your sink. Right. So you get the ones that go under the sink. Um, and then you never see them. You can get the one that just screws on. If you're if you're a renter and you don't know how to mess with your own plumbing, like get the one the little one that just kind of screws on to your, uh, your faucet. And right. You're good. Just make sure to replace the filters. The little R two D two looking joint. Right. Right. Um, yeah. So we have one in our house because we live in a really 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 old house. Um, so. Very cool. Yeah. Very cool. Um, so this uh, we'll post this link for you guys to check out at your leisure after. Yeah the show please familiarize yourself with this it's very important yeah and then spend this weekend you know take a make make your little trip to the home depot and get yourself a, a filter get yourself a filter now we got more water we have more water stories. we got more water you stories guys, it's all water to today. talk about uh i get really i splash splash we was talking about okay, okay finally i get a music <laughs> reference though, that you make so right oh yeah because <laughs> jeanette's planning although it is um the hippest new portion of news ever to make its way to the land, the star of Jeanette's planning is chronically behind the times with any cultural reference. It's I, quite, look, quite amazing. I look, I have I've my areas seen. of expertise, and they're mostly related to geeky infrastructure things. Yeah. So it's fine. Word up. So our follow-up story on what's happening with your water. Yes. And maybe this should have gone first to add even more context, but... Um, Montgomery is thinking about buying Aurora's water. Um, and uh, this is this could be this could be nice. Um, so because it, if we do it right, maybe it'll be a little extra revenue stream for the city's water uh, water service, right. Um, but just to add a little bit of background, so all of your water, uh, Aurora resident comes from basically two sources. So the city of Aurora has this big water treatment plant on um, Route 25. You pass mm -hmm. it, there's usually geese hanging out there. Um, and uh, your water comes to that plant from either the Fox River or from the Ordovician Cambian Aqua.
aquifer. Um, so it's it's an an aquifer is basically like an underground lake. Right. That's how you can think about it. Right. And um, a lot of Chicagoland, especially the western suburbs, gets their water from the the aquifer. Hmm. And that aquifer is running out of water. So the Illinois State Ge- Geologic Survey has told us that we are pulling more water out of it than is the, than it is naturally replenishing. Right. That that's an educated guess because we can't just go down there like we're taking measurements. But it's it's um, an educated guess on their part. But yeah, it's a pretty. I mean, it's a pretty good, pretty educated guess. Yeah, they right? sound educated. Right, but like when it comes to measuring um, underground lakes, it's just a really tricky science. Right. So, uh, but the but all estimates pr- point to we are running out of water in that aquifer at some point in the future. So, uh, Aurora is super well positioned because we can also pull water from the Fox River, and oh. every year we kind of do this switchover. Um, based on what's happening in the water supply. So, you know, in the summer, uh, we get we tend to get algae blooms on the Fox River. Yeah. And so they switch over uh, and pull, like they're always pulling a percent from the Fox River and a percentage from, from the aquifers. Right. And they can, like, they can switch it so that it doesn't taste as, like, green and algae-ish. Right. And they do that every spring to kind of, every spring slash summer to, like, move it back and forth. But... Our friends to the south, none of them uh, are able to pull from the Fox River. So uh, Aurora, or uh, sorry, Montgomery, Oswego, Yorkville, all the way out to Joliet, Plainfield, like those, that whole region, they are pulling from um, the aquifer almost exclusively right now, which is a real big problem for them because if that thing runs out of water, then they're basically screwed. Right. So there, all of these towns are looking for different sources for how are we going to secure water. And they, they are looking at Lake Michigan mm-hmm. as a possibility and like having pipes that go all the way to, you know, from DuPage County or straight from the lake right. down to Joliet. And like, how do we distribute those and build all these pipes to make that happen? Mm-hmm. Um, but Montgomery, because they're so close to us, they're like, wait a minute, what if we just ask Aurora for some water? Right. Yeah. So, yeah. Work smarter, not harder. Right. Uh, so, and, and everybody's doing a million studies right now to figure out like what the best, cheapest long-term solution is. For them um currently north aurora buys their water from the city of aurora mm-hmm. uh so uh we could set up something similar and um yeah i think uh, i think it would be great if they just bought our water and paid a markup for it because uh why not and kind of contribute to the long term long-term sustainability of our water and it would still be cheaper probably for them to do that than for uh them to build a, a new plant or to pipe in from, you know, like DuPage Elsewhere. County or Joliet or right. from Lake Michigan themselves, perhaps. Shouts out to the city of Montgomery. Village. For, village of Montgomery. Montgomery is a village. Um, for thinking, you know, a little bit ahead of the game, thinking about uh, a local solution as opposed to a big government-y well, routed from here thing. Well, so I would say that... Um, all of the municipalities right now are investigating all like mm-hmm. ma- all, many 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 options so um i think that and i, I don't want to advocate for any one thing because it's possible that montgomery would also uh, tack on to the other community south of there and that might be the cheaper solution for them too right, right. so they might uh for a while yorkville montgomery oswego we're all working on uh plans um, and, and studies together to see what their options might be. Um, it, it's trickier for Montgomery because they're so small that I think they feel like they don't they won't have as much of a voice if they try to get Lake Michigan water. Like right. they won't be able to go complain to the city of Chicago and say like, "Hey, hey, what about us? Yeah, <laughs> can we get some love? Yeah. So uh, it, it's a it's a whole it's a whole regional issue. And I think all of the cities in the area are starting to recognize that it needs a regional solution as opposed to a every every community for themselves sort of thing. If you're just tuning, if you're just tuning in, you are listening to Jeanette Splaining on Good Morning Aurora. It is Friday, the twenty sixth, eight forty nine a.m. We 
are talking about water. We're talking about water. Yep. All too many options. All right. So Montgomery is uh, potentially going to buy Aurora's water. We've got lead service that we just talked about, the new uh, bill in Springfield. Now, in addition to all of that, we have uh, Greenhouse. Is oh, that what I saw? We want to talk about greenhouses? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's continue with the nature. Uh, let's let's keep going. Yeah, nature, water, good. water, flowers. These yeah. are all things I really like. Yes, but there's a lack of master planning. Do you know what? Yeah. Do you know what I also really like is when communities think far ahead for their needs. Right, as um, opposed to at the end of the uh, last minute kind of thing. Yeah, I so and maybe people were thinking really far ahead about their needs for a greenhouse. Um, but the the news that came out recently is that the, the city is kind of attempting to buy a greenhouse that would go in downtown Aurora and stick it sort of down by the ComEd property, which is sort of at the at the south end of. Uh, it's not on the Water island. It's, yeah, it's yeah. like that gravel lot behind the PNC Bank is and mm-hmm. like back. It would go back there, and I. I love greenhouses so much um, that I just, I think I want something better for our downtown than just a place that builds plants or like houses baby plants. Right. I, like you could do something so cool with, um, with an indoor greenhouse space. Um, and, and so, well, let's, let's go to the story a little bit. Yeah, Jason Bauer, deputy city engineer, said the city was considering the downtown greenhouse to grow annuals normally planted in hanging baskets, planters, the green wall on the Water Street Mall, and everything done by downtown services. We buy them from a local nursery right now, but it would be a substantial savings if we could start them on our own. I mean, agreed, right? I, I grow things in my basement all the time. Tomatoes, mostly. Legal. You grow tomatoes in your basement? Yeah, well, I start them. Aren't they them. supposed to be grown out? Well, I start them in the basement, ah. so or at least I used to. So when I ran a community garden, God help me, never start a community. I mean, start a community garden if you're a good person and want to lose every weekend of your summer. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I, you know, I start with... Um, uh, and I don't want to take all the credit. Me and many partners started a, a community garden on the near east side of Aurora several years ago uh, at the corner of Claim and Union Street, if you are familiar. Um, it's now the one that uh, has the that keeps getting run into because it's it's now becoming an LGBTQ safe space. And so people have decided that they should trash it because of that. Which Can is we really pause real quick? I, I, let's, let's pause because now I live in that neighborhood. Okay. All right. Let's just real quick. Imagine, imagine being so upset, mad, and distraught over people having a safe space to sit and talk LGBTQ is that you get in your truck and you drive over the whole shit, you rev your tires and the, the uh, curb, uh, I mean, what, what kind of human? It's a real bummer. And, uh... I mean, what's really unfortunate is that that garden space—it doesn't look like a whole lot, right? It, right. it does. It it looks like a shed, and usually it's a, a little weedy, and um, but and there's a little there was a little picket fence on the corner. But man, so many people put in so much time and effort to find the funding for that to like get the get the shed and the materials. And so many people have put in time to like build things on that site and to uh, dig the soil up for us and to like plant and weed every summer. And the way that it used to work was it was sort of a pick a weed, take a take a tomato sort of sort of system. So really right. an honor based kind of like everybody in the neighborhood can pitch in and everybody in the neighborhood can benefit sort of thing. Right. And so, aside from just the blatant uh, homophobia of, you know, running through a picket fence because it's rainbow-colored, like... Right. Don't you have anything better to do with your time, buddy? Um, it's just a real loss for the community to who has built a thing and... 
to see it like to see other people in the community just tear it down right um but that was heartbreaking we got really off topic we Point did. Is, no, we're back on the top. We we, we didn't go I, that far away. That's a, I mean, and it's an excellent topic uh, to to dis, to discuss further. I'm I'm the guy who plants the flag. I'll remove the flag and let's go back to what we were talking. <laughs> anyway, about. Anyway, so yeah. I used to, yes, I used to plant. Uh, when we started that garden, I would plant hundreds and hundreds of uh, seeds um, in a, a little mini grow house in the basement. Um, peppers and, and tomatoes and all the things because it is a lot an awful lot cheaper to start things from seed yourself and just water them and keep an eye on them for a few months before putting then rather than going to the garden center and buying them all just from the Home Depot um, so or the Ace or, or whatever we're live on the gram too y'all good morning on the gram good, good morning, morning instagram the in the instagram that the i Insta. that i that i almost never use yeah the um, i jizzle where oh word up yeah chat oh thank you producer yeah see that our producer is chiming in and btp bt pizzle what we've up got, we've got people to talk to <laughs> on the chat the um so so having like a hundred percent for a greenhouse what i'm a little bit concerned by is that it seems to be kind of like coming out of nowhere they they put they got bids but then they only got one bid and then that bid didn't was non-compliant which means that for some reason it doesn't they weren't able to you know they were either charging way too much or they for plants for the greenhouse oh itself. the greenhouse okay yeah to build the greenhouse and then um uh the city's chief financial officer in this excellent story i'm reading um from the beacon news this week said that it's a $30,000 project that is unplanned and that the city is cobbling together. And I'm kind of like, why are we building a greenhouse that is unplanned and, and cobbling it together? When what we could be building is like an awesome looking botanical garden thing that goes in the long-term capital plan yeah. that, that gives people a space to go and enjoy nature in the winter months and also grows all the annuals for downtown. It's kind of one of those things, like if you're gonna build it, like build it right um, and make it a part of your long-term strategy rather than kind of like, ah, crap. It's sort of like building a shed in your backyard because that's what you can afford today when what you really need is a garage. Buenos dias to our friends, Noelia Ruiz of the Wabanzi SBDC, Small Business Development Center, Karina LaFontaine, good morning to you, and Cindy, Ben, shouts out. Good morning. All right. Yeah. So I would really, really, really like to see a greenhouse. That is barbecue. That is, uh, I am pro greenhouse. I am just also really pro, like. I'm pro nature. I'm, I'm pro, pro anything that makes and, and beautifies. Y'all, we live in Illinois, and winters here are a chore. And right. I mean, I like. What a draw it would be to have a space to go in the winter and not feel miserable for like a day no and, yeah that would be and awesome be around some plants right all right good morning to you guys if you're just checking in we appreciate all of you guys you are listening to and watching good morning aurora the second largest city's first daily news podcast and this is jeanette splaining part three where we take the minutia of city government and we make it fun you will want to listen to all of the minutes of any boring city council meeting after this show. Oh, yeah, my we goodness. We can yeah. guarantee that. Ben, good morning to you. Sounds like a perfect project to partner with We Grow Dreams, developmental disabilities employer, nursery and Fox Valley Special Recreation Association. Shouts out, my brother. Shouts out. Jean yeah. Lynn, good morning to you too, sister. And, that, and that's the other thing, too, right? Like, there are so many ways that you could partner. Right. I mean, it could be a partnership with the park district to actually make it a park, right? Like right. An, like an indoor park facility. It could be a part. It could be a partnership with lots and lots of different organizations. It could be a partnership with the schools because the schools don't have greenhouses. Like, I used to, at least West Aurora didn't when I was there many, not, not that long ago. Right, right. right. Just, just a little time ago, right? Like, our, you know, I can't imagine that East does. Maybe, but lots of schools do have horticultural greenhouses for kids to learn about plants and biology. 
Like, that could be a cool partnership. You Hell could do yeah. lots of interesting things with a greenhouse. And I guess I just want to ask, um, I, I want to ask our leaders to, to think about, like, long-term strategic planning when it comes to uh, capital purchases. Right. Because usually the way that these work is a city has a capital improvement plan. And it says, like, all right, we're gonna need new roads uh, in this part of town by this year, and we're gonna need to resurface these these roads sooner, and we're going to need to build a new facility for uh, public works in this year, and we're you know, and and it it plans them out well in advance so that they're always kind of saving and have that money available when those big projects come come forward. Do cities typically plan ahead? Is that something that they... They do typically. Ah. Yes. Ah, but they a just long, didn't this time. Okay. A long time. I mean, maybe. Look, right. we, I feel like <laughs> uh, we don't have, I, you know, I have not been watching the inner workings of this, but it kind of seemed to come up out of nowhere. And uh, even in the reporting on it, it said like, oh yeah, this wasn't a plan expense, but like, let's find $30,000 for a greenhouse. And I'm saying... Let's find a hundred thousand dollars and make it cool. Like so, we got a comment from one of our awesome friends, um, Spunky Mayor Designs. I have to say, made made a uh, Good Morning Aurora beer glass. Ooh. But we did a wonderful interview with her and a gentleman by the name of Vincent Green, which is on our Spotify and our YouTube as well. But she says, do a worker share for volunteers for the local garden. That's pretty damn cool. Pretty oh, damn cool. Yes, yeah. It's also. A lot of work. Right. I really want to encourage anyone who's interested in starting a community garden this year to uh, hit me up on on the social media, and I'll give you all kinds of information. Um, yeah, I'm on I'm on the gram at Jeanette Sturgis. I'm on the Facebook, um, also by my name, and uh, we'll talk. Like, if anyone is has thought like, oh yeah, I would like to do a garden, right? I will. Try to not scare you out of it. So, <laughs> um, gardens are fun. They are a lot of fun. So, and I, I garden too. Now I have a great big backyard and a side yard. I got flowers and all kinds of nice stuff. Uh, thinking about putting some veggies out there. Yeah. Um, so, if any of you guys are interested and want to collaborate, you need gardening tips. You need, need some gardening some tips. Seed exchange. Right. Holler at us. Hit you us really, on the yeah. DMs. The, <laughs> We're all over the place. The gram, all that, we all that. We just became the Aurora, the Good Morning Aurora Gardening Show. You could do. Ooh. You could do entire podcasts about growing stuff. Oh snap! Mostly legal things. Well, everything's legal now. Most things are. Legal. Most things are legal. Most things are legal. <laughs> and let's change the subject. <laughs> <it>? All right. <laughs> so, <coughs> um. Now, let's see here. Before we get into the educational piece of our wonderful discussion, do we want to talk about the local consternation over Farnsworth and Molitor? There's a gas, the gas station. station or something. You want to talk about the gas, gas station? station? Shouts out to Prophetic Things. Strawberries Barbecue. What up, baby? Good morning to all of y'all. McCarty Mills. Shouts out. Yeah, let's do that. Shouts out to McCarty Mills for getting Shouts me exceptionally out. drunk on Sunday afternoon. Thank you so much for that. I love they got, oh. They've got a delightful stout now that tastes like banana bread and is like 11% by volume. And oh man, that was a good afternoon. Yeah, if, um, you, guys are, if you guys are hip, you might want to hang out. Go, go you, check them out. You, could, you, could, you might run into your favorite radio host down there. That's you true. might. You might that's see true. us. That's true. We're borderline alcoholics. <laughs> uh, that's not true. That's we just not true. We just enjoy the, the good craft. Liquid love. Yeah. So, yeah, let's talk about the gas station. Um, the intersection of Farnsworth and Molitor, for those who are not familiar with the Near East Side, is where you get off the, the tollway at Farnsworth. It's that first um, that first intersection headed south. You'll be like, there's already two gas stations there. Right. The plan is to build a new gas station with a mini mart and then um, tear down one of the other gas stations. That's, that's the proposed plan. Right. The neighbors are kind of up in arms about it because it would go on that corner that currently has nothing and that corner that currently has nothing backs up onto some residential properties. Here's the thing. Those residential properties are not, most of them, um, part of the city. Uh, so there are, what? yes, yes, they are unincorporated. Mm. Um, not all of them. There are some that are incorporated. Uh, but 
let's talk for a second here about what being unincorporated means. Aurora is real funky, you see, because... Funky like music? Yes, funky in all the ways that I am not in any way. Um, right. <laughs> uh, we're an incorporated city, um, but what? But there are pockets it, throughout the city that are not incorporated, That which just means that they never became a part of the city. It means that they don't get city services like water or the a right to check out books at the library. Damn, that's... I know, but it's because they don't pay taxes. Right. So everybody thinks that government, like, just being in an area entitles you to services, and that's not true. Paying taxes is what entitles you to the services that those taxes pay for. Uh -huh. So, yeah. So, so we're putting in this. They're they're considering rezoning this piece of property that is in the city of Aurora's city limits. Right. And putting a gas station there. And the neighbors who are not in the city limits are saying, well, we don't want a gas station there because we don't want a gas station next to us, which who does? I get that. Um, but also, like, we've got wells. What if the gas station contaminates the wells? To which I say, why do you have wells in the middle of a massive city that has, by the way, the best tasting drinking water in the state, like, several years running? Word. Like, it always wins that taste test. Right. Um, and... It like tap incorporating into the city actually gives you a say in what happens in your city. Um, because as you know, we're listening to these folks who are unincorporated complain about this, and I that's a good thing to do, but when it comes down to it, like these are people who are not contributing to this how the city is run, right, by paying taxes to mm. it. So they want something for free. They want planning services. They want flood control, sir, like planning and right. engineering. Uh, but they're not paying for those. The rest of us are. They want it for free? No. Yeah. yeah hell right? No. So also, like, can we just talk about wells in the modern era? Like, wells in the middle of, because they're surrounded by development, right? Right. If you live in the middle of nowhere and you have a well okay i guess but like if you have a well in it you are surrounded by things like gas stations because the other ones are not that far away or you're so you know by uh major roadways and things there's so many things that can contaminate a well if you're in a really developed area like and you've got to get that stuff tested every year and you got to maintain and like some people like their well access will be like in their neighbor's basement and stuff like that so they can't even access their own water supply it's not it's not great Right. It's not like this is this, we're we're not talking like little house on the prairie. Right. Where the wells are cool and the you know and the shit is Although right. even then Illinois has this thing called radium um which is like a radioactive substance like you might think and it contaminates groundwater like all the time. Uh it's you know and cities uh across the area have in their water treatment infrastructure ways of um pulling the radium out of the water before you drink it right. so along with many other contaminants and then they treat the water so that when it comes to your house it doesn't have um uh it, those contaminants in it anymore um so i i'm just i'm i would You're really not a fan. You're not i'm a fan. not i'm not a super big fan of uh the fact that we still have all of these unincorporated areas smack in the middle of the city the other thing that happens as a result of all these little unincorporated pockets is uh let's say that my home is incorporated to the city i pay taxes to the city and i have to do things like keep my property um uh, in good shape, right? I got to keep the lawn trimmed because otherwise the city will be like, will will send me a fine. I got to keep garbage and junk out of my yard. Like I can't have a broke down car in the like in my front yard because I live in the city. Right. If you live in an unincorporated property, you can have grass as tall as you want and have right and have your broke down, rusted out car as a lawn ornament. Shit right? looking like Compton. I'm like. And I kind of, I'm sort of like, eh, let me do whatever I want with my property. And I really understand people who want to be left alone to do whatever they want with their property. 
But also, like, if you put an awful lot of effort into your property and your neighbor doesn't and it looks like garbage, like, it kind of just brings down yeah, the vibe <laughs> of a neighborhood. That's whack. All right, so real quick, couple comments. I had well water when I was younger. It was awful. We had to buy bottled or gallon jugs for drinking water. Yeah. Whoever this person was, sounds like they grew up in absolute squalor and poverty. <laughs> Uh, good morning if you're just joining us on the gram we on the gram too dj venom what up baby kenzie what up everybody out there strawberries barbecue shots out mccarty milk Devin, so many of y'all people compton we in the house baby this is not compton or there's a compton illinois and this is not this is that we are coming to you live from the second largest cities well we're the second largest city for daily news podcast but yeah. we are coming to you live from the second largest city in the beating heart of downtown aurora indeed the left ventricle uh, also wells radium lead pipes oh my ben you are correct my brother you are correct because one thing that we do need you know we talk about sustainability and we talk about the health that comes from vegetables and gardens mm -hmm. you know you don't need to be drinking water which could turn you into incredible hulk so keeping contaminants out of water is it's important and it's one very, of the very. it's one of the reasons that we have government right to provide services that are that benefit everybody if you're just tuning in it's 9 11 9 one, one. someone please call 9 one, one. nope y'all don't okay no so uh the other thing that happens you know as a result of these little pockets of unincorporated areas like what we're seeing out at the farnsworth and molitor intersection word is that uh, long-range planning becomes really difficult like you want to in uh, so one issue they have out there in that area in most of that first word area is um, uh, flooding there's lots of lots of flooding issues out there do you know what controls flooding having flood control plans in place you know what makes it really hard to be able to develop those plans and implement solutions that control flooding not having unincorporated properties over which we have no control and are not able to to put uh, certain infrastructure in place. Right. So, um, it's it's just it's a real big challenge. Uh, if I were the emperor of the world, I would you know probably wave my magic wand and force people to incorporate and uh, pay taxes and and get water, drinking water, and library cards. <laughs> I would, you know what? I would do the same thing. If I had a magic, I would make it bing. Yes. Everybody gets a library card. Everybody gets a, yeah. Definitely. Bonus. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I have, I have worked uh, many a time uh, answering phones as a good government bureaucrat. And people have asked me like, hey, why is the library charging me? hundreds of dollars to get a library card and I'm like well that's because you're unincorporated and you don't all like if you were paying taxes to the city you would get your library card for free as a part of that right uh you know I've also had well why isn't the city cleaning picking up my brush or um you know taking care of my garbage well because you don't actually you're not a part of the city you think you are because your address says Aurora. Ooh. I no, I'm not being salty about it. <laughs> that's, that's yeah, that came off sounding really salty. But that was yeah. uh no, but the the fact I ain't of the matter for is the it hell? gets really, and that's the thing is you can't because yeah. you don't you're not a part of the city. <laughs> uh, drops the mic. Don't drop this one, but yeah, it drops the mic. So yeah, like a lot of people in this area don't know where they live, which right. is just a step, which just speaks to what a, how Byzantine and like uh, non-transparent and just confusing, like government, local government can be confusing. Sometimes. No, yeah, it definitely, it definitely is. So, um, you know, because your, your address will say Aurora because you're serviced by the Aurora Post Office, but that doesn't mean that you're actually a resident, a taxpaying resident of Aurora. You could be in an unincorporated area and, and have no idea where you actually live. I had one friend who lived in, uh, gosh, just down in this like no man's land off of Normantown Road, like, and she Oh, was, by the train tracks down there. Yeah. Yeah. And nobody down there knows where they live. 
because she's right by the Naperville, like her her address said Naperville. Right. And because she was served by the Naperville post office, so she goes to the Naperville library and is like, hey, can I check out books? And they're like, no, because you need an Aurora library card. And she's like, what do you mean I need an Aurora library card? I live in Naperville. And it turned out she actually lived in Aurora. Like she got, she was, a t her, her landlord was a taxpaying resident of Aurora. She got uh, Aurora water. Like she, she voted, she could vote for Aurora's mayor, right? Like she was a resident of Aurora, right. but her address said Naperville. So she's like, so I, you're telling me that even though on my driver's license, it says Naperville and my mail goes to Naperville that I have to go to Aurora, get a library card so that I can then go check out books in Naperville because they have an interlibrary system. Like, it's it's insane that people um, don't know where they live. Grew up drinking well water on my grandmother's farm, and now I live in the Bahamas. Have That's... been drinking rainwater stored in our cistern for 46 years. Water is put through a filter. That's a comment from one of our wonderful listeners, Kay Collins Roberts. Had to... I, I... I okay. like how she dropped in. She lives in the Bahamas. First of all, okay, <laughs> so, how jealous are we all of yeah. you in this moment? Seriously. Second of all, maybe that's our solution. Maybe we put in the gas station, and if you're worried about your water in the unincorporated areas, you just put Move a rainwater cistern. Yeah. I was going to say, you know, collect the water off your roof. Right. Get you, get you a rain barrel, you know. <laughs> Yes, that's fine. Good morning to Perry Slade, talented photographer, big friend of the show. Shouts out, P.S. Slade Images. He will also be at... Um, He's at Art and Market, yeah? Yes, and as a matter of fact, real quick, uh, local updates. Let's do them. February, or excuse me, April 2nd is First Friday. That's the return of First Fridays. Woo! Yes. I don't want to scream into the mic, but I'm really happy right, about this. Right, word up, yeah. Um, so, um, at the Aurora Public Library... Perry Slade, wonderful photographer, talented photographer, who has work at the Aurora Historical Society down here on Downer. He will be having an exhibit at the Aurora Public Library, Fabulous. and there will also be live music by Dave Ramont. Across the street from the Aurora Public Library, as many of you may know, is... Society 57, which will be open all evening. Well, what else is across from... From the library, yeah. also McCarty Mills. Yeah, McCarty Mills. Yeah. Oh. So, so you know what block the hosts will be of this podcast will be on. Yeah, 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 yeah. We'll be there. Uh, we'll be there. <laughs> <laughs> Shouts out. Um, our good friend Devin. Devin is an artist. Um, she will be there also um, from five to ten p.m. She has an original art showcase and pop up that's happening there. McCarty Mills has craft beer. Art is a great place. Shouts out. Yeah, beware of the banana bread flavored stout it's so i don't know i don't know if they're having it this week thank you producer burns yeah word um, up. but it's it's so good it's so dangerous um also uh just in general to get your full schedule of everything that is happening um on first fridays check out aurora downtown's website just just google Get on the Google Aurora Downtown. The right. First, the first Friday. AuroraDowntown.org. There it is. I, slash I, calendar. I didn't, I didn't want to say com or something. I wasn't sure which one it was or if it was downtown or Aurora Downtown. Go go look at the calendar. There will be all sorts of cool stuff. Get outside. Wear your mask. Try to not breathe on people. It'll be, it'll be a good time. Right. So exciting. Okay. So we got some education stuff to talk to you guys about. There is... There's no cover up. There is no cover. Maybe up. there's a cover up. I mean, I don't. But what are they? What could they be covering, right? What's okay. So what exactly is a cover up? What is a cover up? Uh, it's it's when Jeanette is not feeling super spelt on the beach, and then she does the the cover up. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um. So it's it's Jeanette's COVID nineteen cover up. No. Um. Uh. The so in the Indian Prairie two hundred four school district. Uh, has been accused, uh, and there is now a lawsuit filed uh, that the school board violated um, the both the Freedom of Information Act and the Open Meetings Act oh, uh, while they were planning their reopening. Um, so according to the lawsuit, now this is according to the lawsuit and doesn't mean that any of this is true or happened, this is what is being alleged in the lawsuit. Right. Is that um, the the folks who are suing, the parents who are suing, are saying 
that the school board had all of its discussions about whether to reopen and when to reopen and how to reopen in um, closed session. So at every, so the Open Meetings Act mm -hmm. is uh, a law that the state of Illinois has that requires that all public bodies have their meetings uh, out in the open. Right. And they are allowed to have closed sessions for some very specific reasons. So for example, if they are hiring or firing somebody, mm -hmm. if they are in the middle of pending lawsuits, or if they're in the middle of like a real estate negotiation or something like that, and talking about it in the public might end up costing them a lot of money or give away like trade secrets or something. There are le many legitimate reasons to have a closed session. Right. Um, talking about something like reopening <laughs> that might make you really unpopular is not one of them. Right. <laughs> you have to talk just because it will make you unpopular doesn't mean that you can just go into a closed session and boot out the reporters and the members of the public and talk yeah, that's amongst not cool. yourselves. Now that so that's what the the lawsuit is alleging is that they before every meeting they were having these the school board was having these closed sessions and the parents bringing the lawsuit think that they were talking about reopening plans. Right. Now their evidence for that is well they didn't seem to discuss the reopening plans very much out in the public. They just voted on them. That's kind of uh, misleading. Well, <clears throat> I it's a, it's a little malarkey because a lot of the time a public board won't discuss things very in depth in in person. Sometimes that's because you know the superintendent in this case might have emailed the board, which is allowed, and say hey, here's the reopening plan, here's our reasoning, and then all the members of the board might just have their opinions and and, uh, and vote, yeah, you know, they might trust the superintendent and say, okay, cool, sounds good to us, good right. plan, you know? So that might be one reason they don't have a lot of discussion about it. Now, why were they going into these closed sessions? It could be for any number of those other reasons, right? They could have been hiring or firing, they could have been talking about security, right? So if you're talking about Here's all the ways that we're implementing school security so that if someone tries to come and shoot up a school, God forbid, uh, here's all the security plans in place. They do that in private so that, you know, someone doesn't just have access to all of the plans right. for the schools um, and how to get around all those security measures. Lots of legitimate reasons that school boards can be in, in closed sessions. Right. But that's that's the um, that's the first part of this lawsuit, is that maybe they were talking about reopening plans and it, there's an election coming up and they just didn't want to be unpopular, so they talked about it in closed doors. Maybe. Could be anything. Maybe. I don't know. They could be talking about anything. We don't know until afterwards when the minutes get released after whatever the decision has been made. Those minutes get released of those meetings much further down the line. Right. Um, the second part of this lawsuit is that they are alleging a Freedom of Information Act um, violation. Better known as FOIA. FOIA. So uh, FOIA allows you to look as a resident, a uh, member of the public, to request any documents that you want that exist relative to any public body, um, with, with again, with some exceptions. Um, and so parents requested all of the emails talking about um, between you know the school board and the superintendent, the administration, talking about reopening plans. Um, and the school district repeatedly said, no, you can't have those, not because we're hiding anything from you, but because that is an insane amount of emails for us to dig up in a five to 10 day time frame like the law provides. And they're right, probably. There were probably like thousands yeah. and thousands of emails about Hell yeah. reopening. Hell yeah. Um, so that's called an, an unduly burdensome request and it can be rejected. It's then when you're, if you request those records and you get rejected because it's unduly burdensome, your recourse, you can do two things. You can either give them another request that's more specific, right? And that reduces the number of, of emails and, mm -hmm. and documents and, and then they can be forced to, to reply to it. Or uh, you can go, you can file a complaint with the state of Illinois, uh, the attorney general's public access coordinator 
and they can force the public body to go ahead and release those records, even if it does take them an awful lot of time. As someone who has worked in government and seen how long it can take to pull together basic FOIA request information, it's like so much work. Some agencies have one person who all they do is dig up FOIA request information. So yeah, it's a really, <laughs> as, as our producer points out, it's a really boring job. Uh, right. <laughs> and they get, you know, some agencies will get tons and tons of these requests every week, hundreds of these requests, like a month. It's so much work. Shout out to BTP. Um, that's BT Pizzle. He is our producer. That's who that is. <laughs> Chestnut Amy, what up? Real estate guy, Simon, what up? 23-E-E-N-E-R-23. 23-er? That's, that's like a screen name. I don't know. I hope I said it right. Good morning to you as well. Ben left a comment. Someone go carry out some McCarty's for this one. Oh, man. You know. I don't even think they're open this early. I don't. Man, I wish I, they were. Gosh, it's probably a good thing they're not. They open at noon? Okay, word up. All right. Thank you. Thank you, BP Pizzle. I think the tap house opens. There you go. Yeah, you can hit the tap house. That's the old the web. That's that's former web. Yes, the former they have, web. They have the crazy liquor uh, license that lets them stay open all but a couple hours a day. Okay. You know that place was when I used to, I used to live downtown. Mm -hmm. That place was a hundred and forty six percent sketch. It was it was I, I down I from one hundred and seventy two percent sketch. I remember initially. like I remember thinking to myself like yikes. Uh, like that place is yeah, sketchy. I, I kind of love a good sketchy dive bar. It's though. like Gary, Indiana sketchy. Have you like... have you been to De King's? Never heard of it. Okay, so we're gonna deep dive into the history, friends. Giddy up! So <laughs> giddy up! Definitely. So De King's. We actually love Tap House. No hard feelings. We actually yeah, yeah, no so, shout out. It's a yes, shout. Yeah. Yes. So to be clear. <laughs> It was a hundred and forty something percent sketch. They have since rebranded, cleaned up, and now it's like you know a, just a, the same amount of sketches anywhere else. Yeah, I sure think. Nice yeah, it's a great yeah great place. Yeah, yes. great place. I I have drunk there, gotten gotten a little toasty there several times. Toast. A little toasty. I like the pizza too. The um, pizza's good. The pizza's good. The pizza is for bar pizza is Hell astoundingly yeah. good. Anyway, De Kings. So. When you're driving down 25, if you're headed north, right, from downtown on 25, it's going to be on your right-hand side, a little bit north of uh, Illinois Avenue. And it's this house bar. It's a bar that looks like it's in an old house that just has one of those, like, really old-school, like, old-style beer signs out front. Right. It's a, and you don't know the name of the bar from the outside. The name of the bar is called De King's. It has many dead animals uh, mounted to the walls uh, and is a, a delightful place mm, to go get a very cheap beer if you're not a member of one of the social clubs, right? It's like one of those places where you go get like yourself a, you know, a really cheap uh, domestic draft and uh, enjoy the ambiance. The $2 holla. I kind of, <laughs> I've never heard it called that, but I love that. <laughs> um, so it's called De King's. Because Aurora, Illinois, was the site of um, a massive incident in the fight against prohibition. So you'll all recall that at one point in the early nineteenth um, or the early twentieth century, that America went crazy and decided to outlaw all alcohol. Uh, that's largely because uh, of the growing movement. Temperance. Of Yes, the growing temperance movement that was largely led by women who were getting beaten by their alcoholic husbands. Yes. Which you can't really blame them, but also we changed the entire constitution instead of just like maybe putting some rest more reasonable restraints around alcohol consumption. Anyway, right. so um, prohibition was, was the law back in the day, and people would make alcohol anyway because, come on now, and so right. there was a family, the DeKing family, who um, got raided by some dry raiders. Dry raiders were basically like vigilantes who roamed 
the the countryside uh, or their communities and would bust down the doors when they heard that someone had booze and toss the like and and arrest them and charge them with um, violations of new prohibition laws. So uh, they did that to this family, and it was a wife and husband and um, their son. And uh, in the process of the raid, they shot the mom and killed her. Yeah, like because they had some jugs of wine. Like, oh my god! Yeah, they, it wasn't even like they were running this whole like massive operation. Like yeah. they they weren't like uh you know who were the. The, ga- the gangbangers or the like gang- the gangsters who ran all the yeah bootleggers yeah but like who's the big one Capone it wasn't like they weren't like busting down Capone's door or something right. like that this was literally like yeah we had some jugs of wine in the back for like fancy dinners and uh, they shot this mom and and killed her and it became like the it became national headlines and it was like uh, dry raiders kill a mother or whatever and um yes and it sort of became the beginning of the end of prohibition so it kind of like drove the nail in the coffin of like maybe we've gone a little overboard with the not letting people have any um like have any alcohol whatsoever so then eventually prohibition got repealed and partially that's because uh mom got shot for having some wine or mommy wine stash uh here in aurora the De King family. Now there's a bar named De Kings. Go drink there if you. Where's it at? Hey, it's on um, on Route 25. Okay. Uh, in a super sketch looking just house bar. Uh, that White House. Yes. On the side of the road. Yeah, with the gravel lot. Heard oh, bad yeah. things about that. Place. Oh yeah, it's uh, it's it's local local color. I have. Oh, I, I, oh, <laughs> that's, that's what I was told. Yeah, yeah. I was told if you're not the local color, you shouldn't go in there. That could be. There's also a couple of alcoholic police officers that I heard uh, who have since retired, one of which harassed your boy. But that's another podcast. Oh, that's a, that is a podcast. That's for another, another podcast. That's a so whole other podcast. Uh, and that is the experience. I am incredibly pasty, as we have covered before on this mm-hmm. show. And mm-hmm. so sometimes you walk in different worlds and places where one of us gets harassed, the mm-hmm. other one doesn't, and vice versa. And... I was accosted for guess what? Uh, were you moving furtively? I was jaywalking. Oh, you got to be really careful about moving furtively, mm-hmm. too. Don't. That's the word of the day, furtive. Furtive, furtive, furtive. 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 Can you, can it be just an adjective? I think it can only be an adverb. Well, our friend of the show, <laughs> Tracy Duran, sent us an article about the DeKings regarding the shooting. Thank you, Tracy. How morbid for yeah, an it's early quite, morning show. Yeah, it's uh, but kind of a weird deep dig into Aurora history. Yeah, nice. All right. Um, all right, so... Next topic. Yeah. Now we're gonna. We've got. Yeah, we our, still have more. We well, we got a couple more. Th- our our BTP has a job, and he has to work and shit. So ah, oh, sad. Um, I think that what we'll do to end. You I guys, think, which by the way, uh, we have a donate button on the Good Morning Aurora website. We so if do. you want us to be able to all give up our day jobs, so we can just keep doing this for you constantly, you just hit that. That you can support button. the podcast on Anchor as well oh, with five bucks. It goes a long way. Mm-hmm. Or Patreon. Yeah. Um, there's a job fair happening at Wabonzi Community College. Uh, it's April 9th, and it's via the Handshake app. Uh, this is really great. It's brought to us by Wabonzi Community College in partnership with IDES, Illinois Department of Employment. Security. If you are looking for a career change or for a brand new career, you can definitely holla. And it's April 9th. We've posted this on our Facebook and Instagram before. I will make sure to repost this for you guys so you guys can check this out. And here comes that link, right? Well, not right now, in like about 84 seconds. 84 seconds. Uh, also, um, happening around town, we've got road work coming to Route 31. That starts April 1st. Yes. I'm actually really excited for this. I love a good road work project. I'm the only person in the history of ever to say that. But, uh, man, Route 31 is tore up. So they're going to be resurfacing it and making the sidewalks ADA compliant, which is great because if you've ever driven Route 31, the construction is going from Rathbone all the way up to the tollway. And if you ever have driven, there is a supportive living community along 31, and you'll see folks with, like, their... 
um, you know, in, in their wheelchairs and scooters like that, just getting some fresh air and like running to the gas station and stuff like that or wheeling to the gas station. And that's really hard to do if you uh, don't have ADA compliant sidewalks. So right. uh, it's really great to see some investment in infrastructure in slightly nicer roads and in uh, sidewalks that work for everybody in our community. And if you are going to art and market Aurora, this, which you should be. This Saturday. This Saturday at Society 57 at 100 Society South 57. River Street. River and uh, Benton. River and Benton. By the library. By the library. Get some coffee. Get some coffee. Say hi to all my favorite baristas. Say hi to all uh, Jeanette's favorite baristas. If you go and mention Good Morning Aurora at Art and Market's welcome table, oh. you get a free tote. Ooh. Oh. Oh, man. Snap. Free toast. What? Like, and then you can buy things at the art and market. Guys, the don't Dick's Mini Donuts is there. Word up. So, like, if you've been missing your donut fix because it's not farmer's market season, you can go get yourself some mini donuts. And then there's, we got, like, florist there, and it's really mm -hmm. pretty. And then, like, I a whole bunch of different. So, you can get, like, fresh meat that's from, like... Um, you know, not tortured animals, which is I'm always a fan of. Of course. Yeah, there's all sorts of great stuff uh, there. So go go check it out. Go check out Art Market Aurora. Mention Good Morning Aurora at the welcome table and get a free tote. I also recommend while you're there at Society 57, have some coffee. The pour overs are great. Um, and the if you are thinking like mini donuts might be too much sugar that time in the morning, they have a breakfast sandwich at the cafe that is just like, we call it a crack sandwich at our house. It's so good. Damn, it will make you into an immediate junkie. Yes. The time is now 9.36 a.m. You were listening to Good Morning, no, you're listening to Jeanette Splaining. On Good Morning Aurora. On Good Morning Aurora, the second largest city's first daily news podcast, a.k.a. G-A-M-S, the Great American Morning Show. Okay. Now, one more Thing before we get out of here, I have to tell you about this. Um, well, Ben, you got me with Dick's Donuts. Great stuff. Great stuff. Great so good. Yeah, stuff. go this weekend. Great stuff. Saturday yep. at, the, at the, the art market. Support local, shop local, do local with all that you do. There's a lot of great stuff going on. AuroraDowntown.org mm -hmm. slash calendar, or the calendar is accessible on their homepage. Check out what's going on here locally in our great city. We got a lot of stuff happening. First Fridays is coming up and there's a whole lot of stuff going on, but there is a contest that we have been running since Tuesday and has not yet been filled. What? Dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. What was in the building that now houses Banana Split before it was Banana Split? Oh. You can, if you can tell us what was in that building before it was banana split? You win a t-shirt and you will come on and do the morning news. Oh, you get to do the morning news? You get to do the morning news with your boy. If it's a Friday, you get to do the morning news with Janice playing. Maybe come on a shot. I don't know. With the whole team. The whole team. Um, but yeah, yeah. What was in the building that now houses banana split before it was banana split? So you have options, I feel like, to figure this out. You can send us your answers to goodmorningauroraIL at gmail.com. Um, and yes, drink local. Go do some go do some sleuthing. Go do some sleuthing, go do get some your, research. Go get yourself some banana split if that is part of the research. They are open, I believe. Yes, they are, yep. they've been open a while now. It's still a little chilly, but whatever. Yep. You know, go Go get it. Yep. It's and then delicious. last things last, uh, Monday is a very important day. There's the community, uh, Stronger Together Community Blood Drive taking place at 1 East Benton, lower level, Gallery 1904. And that's going to be from noon to 5 p.m. And uh, that's brought to us by our wonderful state representatives of the 50th District, Heath Wheeler, mm -hmm. 84th District, Stephanie Kiffelwit, and 83rd District, Barbara Hernandez. Also brought to us by the Duquesne Abate Motorcycle Group, who we interviewed, Mr. Chris Hansen. It was a great mm -hmm. interview. Also on that particular day, there is Neighbor Vax Aurora happening at East Aurora High School. Mm -hmm. That's going to be from 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. Our state legislators, who I just named, our state representatives, going to be there, as well as Linda Holmes, mm -hmm. state senator, and oh. Senator Karina Villa. So it's going to be at East Aurora High School, 500 Tomcat Lane. 
Fabulous. And I think, uh, you know, next next weekend we're going or next Friday, uh, we're going to talk a little bit more about how to convince your friends and neighbors uh, and family, you know, who you're about to see over Easter, uh, if they're a little hesitant on vaccines. We're going to we're going to talk to you about some research backed ways to convince people. Yeah. Like if they're just a little a little like, "Eh, I don't know. Um, For those of you who tuned in to our Wednesday show, we had Noelia Ruiz from the Wabonzi SDDC uh, Mm -hmm. Latina. And one of the things that we waxed over and understood was that for many, for people of color, for like, you know, black people and Latino people, we are people who were raised primarily by grandparents. Mm -hmm. Like in my own life, my grandmother, I, my grandmother gave me the blueprint of life and I got all of my teachings from her. And grandparents in our communities are sometimes very superstitious people. Mm. If Big Mama, mm-hmm. if Auntie is not taking, mm-hmm. if Abuelita is not going to get the vaccine, mm-hmm. that is going to filter down yeah. through the rest of the family. It's hard to break those. It's hard. It's hard to break some of those ethnic traditions. There's that. There's yeah. also the matter of access too, right? It, exactly. Like some people are about. ready to go, and and but haven't been able to get appointments. So we're going to talk about how to help people. Jeanette's planning part. Get their both. appointments. How to convince them to go. Right. Uh, it's going to be great. So check in for that next week. All right. That'll so this was a good one. This was a good one. Clink. Shouts out to BTP. <laughs> BT Pizzle in the in the house in the too. House. Mr. Dick Shindell is an Aurora we all look up to. Shouts out to Mr. Shindell. Haven't met the man yet, but he was recently in an article. I saw an article with uh, Mr. Dick. And is he the gentleman of ARTA, A-A-R-T-A, the Aurora Area Retired Teachers Association? Is that the Dick Shindell that you people speak of? If it is, good morning to Mr. Dick Shindell. The time is now 9.41 a.m. And you've been listening to Jeanette explaining on Good Morning Aurora, the second largest city's first daily news podcast, a.k.a. GAMS, G-A-M-S, the great American morning show. (laughs) We hope that you all have a blessed, positive, wonderful, productive, helpful, empathetic, and dedicated Friday. See you back here Monday morning for more great news, awesome stuff, and a little bit of positive vibes for your beautiful...